everyone, welcome into the Irish NFL Show. It is almost time for the NFL Draft. Before we get into that, we're presented by the Erlingas College Football Classic. Tickets between Northwestern and Nebraska go on sale the morning after the draft this Friday at 9am, ticketmaster.ie. Uh, join us down in Dublin this August. We're also presented by Trust Gaming, the perfect gaming gear uh, to suit any budget. You can check out Trust Gaming on Instagram. And also, many arcade systems designing incredible arcade systems. Seen them at the Fury Fight at the weekend. Would love to get an arcade system with us boys on it. Talking about us boys, Michael O'Quid, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary. Uh, gentlemen, this is going to go out Tuesday or Wednesday, so we're looking a, a day or two before the draft. Uh, how are we feeling uh, ahead of the NFL draft this week, gentlemen? It's an intriguing one, I think, because it's because uh, it's kind of not a particularly strong quarterback class. And because you've got a lot of differing opinions even on who the top guys are at the various positions. I think probably outside of center and maybe safety, everyone potentially has a different opinion about who the top edge rusher is or who the top tackle is. That makes it really, really interesting this year, I think. Yeah, and that's reflective in every mock draft that you pick up each day. It changes and it's changed so much over the past few months and it's really hard to gauge even at this stage who's going to be the number one pick, two pick and that's why I said it on last week's show, it's very different to last year where we knew early on who was going where. But this year, there's going to be a lot of things up in the air come 1 a.m. airtime when it kicks off, Michael. Indeedy. Draft Night Live is on at around 11.30 on Thursday night, depending upon timings. Around then, we'll be live at about 10 to 5 to 1 Friday morning throughout the duration of the first round. The first pick should be made at around 10 past 1, as long as Roger can get down the steps at the Bellagio in time. Uh, the aim of this show is to go through each pick in the draft and we're going to talk a bit about each team's needs and who we think is going to go number one to number 32. The thing that really stands out, and I know you've both mentioned this, is there's so many teams this year, like every year, with multiple picks, especially the Jets, the Giants, the Saints, the Eagles as well, I think, and the Packers and the Chiefs towards the end of the round as it stands. So it's going to be intriguing to see what happens. Now, if you're watching this and Debo Samuel or the Lord himself has been traded, that's fine. We're going on the draft order on Sunday, the 24th of April, 2022 at the minute. And on that day, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one pick. And it has come out over the weekend, literally from the GM, that nobody has called about the pick in any way, shape or form. Colin, uh, who do you think the Jacksonville Jaguars, the team that we've seen Duval in London last year, need to get in this draft? Well, I suppose there's two, well, there's two trains of thought. I think uh, the majority of people probably think they will go edge um but what you know you're not talking about a kind of a miles garrett kind of absolute stud pick right guaranteed nailed on the other trend i thought that i've seen out there is that they could potentially look to go tackle right even though they franchise tag cam robinson it's not like they're totally set there and it, you have trevor lawrence if you want to make life as easy as possible for him maybe that is um what you you can do so it, it's the jags all all things are possible i i would say if it came to it if they were to get a call i think they'd probably be delighted um but to to take it despite um you know and and brian might might talk a bit more about um the way in which walker has risen up the boards to me i, I think they're likely to go with aiden hutchinson out, out of michigan um he probably has the he's probably the safest pick at, at, at one the only concern i think would be number one pick is he going to be 
the the superstar. The concern is that the really short arms. He they they definitely are a concern at the NFL level. But as Sam Monson says, if you you know if it works at the college level, why won't it work at at the NFL level? That would be my thoughts about what the the Jags are going to do with the number one overall pick. Yeah, Colin Tussle on there, Trayvon Walker. He's the interesting part in all of this. You know, for a long time it looked like it was Hutchinson, and then Trayvon Walker over the past few weeks has gradually moved up in every kind of order or board, whatever you know scenario you look at. Now, three months ago, Trayvon Walker was being mock drafts at about twenty-four in the first round, twenty-two. There was there was other mock drafts that didn't even have him in the first round. Great pro day, great combine, six and a half sacks last year. But he was he was playing in a very stacked defense, so it's hard to gauge. But it was just, you know, the, the enormity of that defense being so good. But he's come up the board over the last few weeks, and it's it has been about Hutchinson or, or Walker. I'm, I'm with Colin. I think in the end they'll take Hutchinson. Um, look, if they do go Walker, Hutchinson goes potentially stays in, in Michigan and goes to Detroit. You know, so. But, but I do think in the end, I'm come, come Thursday, Friday AM for us, it'll be you know, Hutchinson going out as the fourth pick. I'm excited to get this first pick in early Friday morning, bringing the coffee in. Look, if they don't go with Aiden Hutchinson, it's the most Jacksonville thing you're ever going to see in your life, boys. Like, genuinely. I can understand the, the Traven Walker talk, but even the, the Kevon Thibodeau. Thibodeau? We'll talk about him in a minute. I can't pronounce his surname. It's so obvious. Thibodeau. Um, but this guy, if, if Aiden Hutchinson doesn't go number one, he's literally the safest pick they can make. Like, they can't get any safer make the pick he literally brings that immediate starting ability not even starting ability but that star star power to the jaguars they need help on both sides of the ball never mind trevor lawrence and they really need to try and get people with players with not just raw talent but players that you know from looking at this draft that they're going to go into the league from day one and be able to do at least an efficient to a good job and i, I can't see how Aiden Hutchinson wouldn't do that there. So I think if he can go in early, get in the training camp now and actually learn different NFL coaching and schemes uh, to suit the Jaguars, the Jaguars could maybe, God God forbid me saying, this, have some consistency down, down the stretch. It's a great pick for them. If they don't go with Hutchinson number one, they're absolute idiots. Uh, so are we all in agreement with Hutchinson here? Yeah, is that, is that the plan or? Yeah, I, I think so. Sorry, Colin. Like, I just want to say, like, you know, months ago it was it was general consensus it was going to be offensive line force pick, but obviously in the, just so we call out free agency has obviously taken a big part as well because they 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 gave the uh, the what the tag sorry the tag Robinson and then obviously they picked up sheriff in, in free agency from Washington. So obviously that straight away that was kind of just a signal that they're not going to go down. For, the offensive line route in the draft. So, yeah, I'm with you on this. I think it's Hutchinson, full house. Yeah, no argument from Colin Eaver. No, he's... he's uh, look, it's the Jags. I mean, I definitely could, as I said, you, you could go tackle, but um, I think Hutchinson is is probably... I I It's a it's a safe number one pick. I don't know if his say, ceiling is as high as Thibodeau. Um, and we'll, we'll get into Walker later on. But, yeah, I think we're probably all a consensus that they probably will go um, down Aiden Hutchinson, number one. Okay, looking at the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions have the number two pick, and they also have the 32nd pick in the NFL draft because the LA Rams don't have anything. And to not count out LA Rams fans here, especially Rams and I, 
why have they got a draft house when they're not picking anything until at least the third round? I mean, fair play. I know it's all a big thing for social media and <laughs> money-wise, but it's hilarious. Anyway, back, back to the Lions. I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do at number two. Now, for me, I really, really like Kyle Hamilton. But you've seen multiple people, including, well, I didn't even pick him on my, on my mock draft, but the last couple of days I'm thinking it. People saying Kevin Thibodeau, Trevon Walker. 32 for me is intriguing. I know it's hard to sit here and say 32 for the Lions already. May they try and use that 32nd pick to draft or to, tra- to trade up or down in that situation. I've seen numerous mock, dra- mock drafts, both fan and analysts this week. Lads, where they're talking about if there's a quarterback still there, if Malik Willis somehow falls, is around 32, they might go for him. I can't see him being there, but I have seen the draft this week where that was happening. So who knows what's going to happen? Colin, what's your thoughts on the Detroit Lions aspects going into this draft? I'm going to talk about the number two pick, and I'm going to talk about why I think they should take Willis at two. Uh, I know some people are going to say that's a, a reach, but I think how frequently do you get the opportunity without trading anything to pick the, the number one QB on your board? The reality is, is that Jared Goff is not the future. Uh, you can have Willis come in. Uh, Willis has some fantastic traits. He definitely needs, uh, you know, plenty of, of development. And but he can sit behind Goff and and do that. No franchise plans or should. If you're planning to draft, in, you know, in the top three again soon, that's an issue. You do not want to be in that sort of spiral. So the opportunity to take the the QB of the future, and you know when you have another pick at at thirty two, to me that's I, I, it would be a, a bold move, but I think that it would make a lot of sense for them. I think Willis is the standout QB. If there is to be a Q a standout QB in this particular draft class, that I think would be. Uh, a very big, bold move from the Detroit Lions, but I could definitely see a case for them doing that. Brian, as a man with small hands, um, is I don't know what being small, Kenny Pickett. I don't want to start talking about Kenny Pickett for a bit, but here I just want to say this now, Brian. Malik Willis went thirty second in Jeff Reinbold's draft the other day, so I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Second and thirty second. What's your thoughts? Um. 22, I'll jump to 22 first because actually I do think they will take quarterback. I don't think they'll be moving around the board. I think someone like the likes of Macarell uh, from Ole Miss, I think he's someone that's been discussed recently as potentially someone who could jump in late for certainly early second. And I think that's where the Lions might consider taking a quarterback. I, I get Colin's points. I understand that they don't want to be back there again. But will they be back there again? Because I would be surprised if Malik Willis would be an immediate start. He wouldn't be with Goff there, but at some stage maybe they'll bring him in. That to me would then be a sign that the team is essentially is going to try work with a new quarterback, a young quarterback, um, immediately because he, he's the number two pick. You'd have to put him in quick, quite early once Goff starts having some struggles. And then essentially the season could be written off. So I think we saw kind of a reasonably good ending to the season for the Lions. They won a few games. I know that the week 18 game might not count for much because it was against the Packers who were resting up, but there was some good wins. They seem to be playing for the head coach, I think they're going to look for an impact player. And if it's not Hutchinson, because he's the number one pick, I think it will be Trayvon Walker going. They definitely need an edge rusher, and I think he's the one. So for me, it's Walker. But again, I can see merits to where Colin has come from as well. This is what I really like about this draft, though, because we were constantly, like last year, it was a really quarterback-heavy draft, and a wide like it's a wide receiver-heavy draft this year as well, to an extent. But the talent last year, it was just... 
I think the interest levels are a lot more, but I actually really am intrigued by these first few picks because once Hutchinson does probably, you know, probably go with number one, it's who's going to go number two. I'm really starting to think Kyle Hamilton could be that playmaker they need. You know, he isn't like your typical roamer around the field. He'll be able to make plays for that Lions team. I'm not talking about the Lions and Thanksgiving. I'm talking about the Lions every week of the season. They need guys like Kyle Hamilton. If they got Kyle Hamilton and maybe maybe a quarterback at 32 or maybe traded up a little bit to get one if it was available then. Like we'll, we'll, we'll talk about different quarterbacks in this draft, but that would have to be a successful draft. So who was saying then? Number two, number 32. Well, we, we, if you look at it, if you had the opportunity to look at our mock drafts, we, I think we're, we're, we're all different on this one. I think we've all, yeah. So we've got a different route. So winner, winner of the Detroit Lions, number two pick from our, from our show will be announced on Tuesday. On defense, Colin. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go that the the Lions uh, shock the world that they go with Willis and that it absolutely shakes up the 2022 draft. Whew. Talking about shaking up the draft, the next team have got both the third pick and the 13th pick in the draft, and in terms of team needs, they need everybody. The Houston Texans, how? Um, well, look, they've they literally need everyone, like players, staff. They've got a stadium. Column, uh, what's uh, what's the best thing for the Texans to do here? Should they, you know, like we're talking there now about how, you know, are like we all disagree almost on that second pick. So sure, like they're in a position where it's just best man available, yeah, at that point. Well, it's it's best player available, but I suppose at at a position that that's going to make a, a significant difference. And to me, um, probably at at three, they. They need to to build up the the O line, and um, it, you know it looks like they're going to run it back with Davis Mills, so they have to protect him. So to me, the the tackle position probably makes the most sense for um, the Texans. I'm going to say um, because they have Davis Mills, who let's not forget, I think it was three, was it three or four? um games with over 300 yards passing that he had so he's capable of you know um, getting the yardage so for that reason i would say that they would go evan neal i think he's probably better suited to um, a pass uh heavy um offense more so than than icky and uh i think for that reason he makes a lot of sense for the texans to to take him at three I think the interesting thing about Collins' pick at two is essentially if the quarterbacks start going earlier than people expect. I think the Texans are fortunate being in Tortin because it, they will find themselves picking up a really good talent at Tortin, whether it's the likes of Derek Stinley or maybe Kyle Hamilton drops. I don't think Sauce Gardner would drop to Tortin, but there's going to be players there at Tortin where they're in a position to take best player available. I'm with Colin on, on the fourth pick. I think it should be offensive line. Um, I do think I, I'm more inclined to think it'll be uh, Icky Aquano more so than Neil. But again, I think that's really much a toss-up. They're both really good players in their own right and um, expect to have really great careers. So I don't think any of us are there come towards the night. If it's Neil over Aquano or vice versa, we'd be all saying that's a bad pick. I think, you know, one of them will be go in immediately and, and, and impact this team. And as Colin said, Mills looks like he's the starter going forward. And, you know, he had a really good career, sorry, good year last year when no one expected much of him. So they're, they're obviously going to build around him this year, and I think definitely offensive line with the tour pick. 
I like Evan Neal with the third pick. They already have Laramie Tunsil and Howard, right? So if they brought in if they brought in Evan Neal, this is the guy that could maybe be put in at the inside guard spot, and then Tunsil and Howard could try and remain without protection alongside the edges. So that could be a, like I mean I've seen people saying that's overkill if they bring in Evan Neal, but I I don't think so. They need to bulk that up. Like they're going to be in the point where they need to have a serious serious amount of playmakers to stand a chance in their division. So that could be an option. I think they draft down a 13. Potentially. It potentially depending on who's there. Um, so I don't think right now, looking at this a few days now, we can certainly say, oh, they, they've got to address this position or that position. They've got to address that position. So come toward day, and I think it'd be a case of let's see who's dropping down. Because there will be really good players who are expecting to go top 10 that will fall into that toward day range, and they'll pick up someone really good. If they don't try to, and there there'll be other teams. I think when we might talk about that in a little while, looking to to move back potentially before thirteen. So um, I I think you you might have intentions of, but again, say say the Lions do take Willis and and suddenly somebody falls or somebody else trades back, that's where it can certainly um, all get changed up. But yeah, if if the Texans got the right offer, could they? Because yeah, they have an awful lot of holes to to fill on that roster. That second pick could be the the real domino effect. I can't wait to see what's going to happen, lads. Thursday night we'll be live with uh, our TV screens at the same time. You can watch us on YouTube. Pause it while you're in sync with us uh, and watch along if you want. It's going to be a good crack on Thursday night. The New York Jets have got the fourth pick and the tenth pick. A uh, intriguing option for the Jets because. They have various different needs uh, from linebacker, defensive back to wide receiver. Um, I'm going to say, boys, I'm going to say Travon Walker sitting at four. And I think the Jets get their man. Now, in terms of 10, I think they're going to go after a wide receiver. And I say Drake London in my draft. Um, The thing about Drake London is he hasn't played a lot of football in the last year. I think he played eight games last year. But in the eight games that he played, his stats were ridiculous. So the thing for him is, Nearly certain that his speed is excellent, but sometimes his speed at times, while it can be excellent, there's times where he can be quite slow going off the edge of it. I'm probably wrong on that, but like after making a graphic on it, I'm nearly certain that's correct. Do the Jets need to go after a wide receiver? Potentially. How, like I mean, this goes into the whole conversation. Is Zach Wilson the man? Do I think they should waste the pick on a wide receiver? Do you give Drake London the opportunity? Oh, I don't know. I, I, you know what I'm going to say? Walker at four, London at 10. Colin, who have you got? I'm going to say that uh, at four, they they do need a wide receiver, and they went hard uh, in free agency to look to try to acquire them, either picking up somebody who was a free agent or um, via trade. We know they were in on, on a number of the, the trades. Didn't work out. I just think four is probably... Um, a little bit maybe um, too high for them to look to bring a wide receiver in. And for that reason, I'm going to go that they br- they they need edge help, right? Um, they brought in Lawson last year, but he had an Achilles injury. Achilles injury is notorious uh, in terms of, can you come back from them? Yes, absolutely. Kobe is probably the best example, um, you know, a different sport, but um, to, to bring that explosiveness back. But that's what an Achilles can rob you of. So I'm going to say they need help at, at the edge. And I think Thibodeau, he talked about it a little bit earlier. 
there's there's this talk around ooh, how interested is he in football but like just because he's interested in, in crypto doesn't mean that he's not interested in football i think he's a really high ceiling i, I think the what what he what he does in terms of his me- his measurables and his production um he and, and in terms of salah's ability to to coach him up I think he would be a, a really, really good pick uh, for them at, at four. Um, in, in terms of the, the number 10, it's going to be a wide receiver. Um, it probably depends who who is there. Uh, it could be Wilson or it could be um, Williams, but I would be almost certain that they would go wide receiver if they're still there, if the Jets are still picking at 10. Yeah, I love the thing of reach, Brian, yeah. Big no, absolutely no, no. I'm with you on that one because in my mock draft, I I went with London at ten. Um, and what you said, what you've called out, is, is quite accurate. Um, the one thing I would say is, he's a lot taller than some of the other wide receivers, which is why I think they'd be more geared towards him because they do. They are in on Wilson, judging by what all the stuff coming out of the Jets, and um, you know, he kind of came on as the season went on, and they've done quite a good few things in free agency. So, Jets are to me are a team that are moving in the right direction on the side, and I think a big wide receiver at ten. The only thing I'd say now come towards you is will they still be there at 10? Because there's so many conversations going around about them trying to really push to get in on the Debo Samuel conversation that maybe they will get a, a trade or maybe it'll be somewhere else. But because of the amount of conversations going on around the fact that they were so willing to give up a 10 for the wide receiver and free agency, or sorry, as a trade, I think it's a given that they'll go 10 with a, with a wide receiver. And I'm which is on, on four, it's more a case of who's there. And uh, because I picked Trayvon Walker with the Lions, I'm with Colin. I think Thibodeau at four is the right guy. There is talk of him going out of games at times, but you know, he he's young and I think that can get close to him. But if you look at the video footage when he is in the game, he's a wrecking ball, you know. And if he can make an if he can go in there and do a job for the Jets immediately, they'll have a really good player. So for me, it's Thibodeau. If it's not Thibodeau because he's gone, but then I think I'll be, I'll be with you on the Walker. But on the basis of what I said in the mock draft, I'll go Thibodeau. Trayvon Walker's really got that inside-outside versatility, like just exactly what Robert Sala had in San Francisco. So it would be an intriguing pick at four. Um, the other side of New Jersey, just, well, actually in the same stadium in, in, in the Netherlands, um, we've got the New York Giants. The Giants, Brian might tell me if I'm wrong here, they need, a, they need an IOL, they, they need a linebacker, they need, well, yeah. they don't where need a quarterback. Where, they, where, where, do where do we start? Where do we start? Huh? Where do we start with, with the players we need? Uh, <laughs> Pick five, pick seven in the draft. I'm going to be the music to every Giants fan's ears, ears here. I've got them picking uh, both Kevon Thibodeau, and I, I can't say this lad's name, Ikeem Iquanu, the OT for North Carolina State. Ike Iquanu. Uh, huh? The thing about Thibodeau is, and his size and his quickness and the, the sheer aggression that he has, could really transform that Giants team in, quite frankly, a division in which they could take if the Cowboys have a bad year. And the, and the Giants, look, if the Giants can get it together, they've, they've got a chance this year, but they've a lot to work on. Iquanu's, he's a real interesting prospect, and he probably won't, he, he might not be there at five. It just depends on the night. It really depends what goes with that number two pick and going down on that there. Iquanu can walk into this league from day one and take over it in his position if he wants to. He's unreal. So five and seven. Column, uh, the New York Giants benefiting, I believe, from the Justin Fields trade last year, if I'm correct. Um, yes. Yep. See, yeah. See, my, 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 my coffee memory last, last year. Yeah, uh, 
I think the the Giants at five is the most set pick in the probably in the the top ten. Certainly, they're they're going to take uh, a tackle, right? They they have to take a tackle. There's a giant gaping hole there, and they need to fill it. And the fortunate thing for them is there are two really good tackles. And um, I I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit um, in terms of. You know whether it could be Icky or or Evan Neal and um who, what the Texans might do right because I, I think both of those are really good tackles they they bring sort of different skill sets and that's why I think Neal is probably better suited to to the passing game a little bit um Icky has more to learn that's not to say he can't learn it he just has a lot more to to learn in terms of um positioning his footwork and things like that but what Icky does have is the he isn't he's the best nobody comes near him in terms of his his ability um to help the run game and if the the giants were to to bring him in he is a he's a monster he really is and um he he certainly all the talk is he has a real appetite to learn the game um and i think you know i i said i've got as i said i've gone back and forth in the today I, i've said that the the texans will go um with Evan Neal. So for that reason, I would have the Giants going uh, with Icky at five, and I think he'd be a great pickup. At the seven is probably more interesting. There's all the talk that they might look to to trade out again of that, of that and, and acquire draft capital potentially for next year uh, to, to make a run. Then if, if they don't, I would say you're definitely looking at the secondary. Whether that is um, cor- cornerback help, because the, the Giants really, really need um, cor- cornerbacks, and I could see them go uh, with, with Sauce. Or potentially, um, he he slipped a bit just because of his uh, his 40 time. Um, but Hamilton, the, the safety, is kind of consensus, if, you know, potentially one of the best players, if not the best player, um, just in terms of his sheer ability. Uh, could could the Giants do that? Given that they got um, rid of Logan Ryan, yeah, that's that's certainly uh, an option there. But I would say cornerback is probably more likely. So I'm going to go tackle and cornerback for five and seven. Yeah, me and Colin are on the same page here. So look, I, I'm I'm Evan Neal on this on the, the fifth pick because I've gone with Quanu at three. But again, same scenario. You know, if if one is gone, the other one comes into play, and vice versa. And on seven, I, I think it's more more likely to be a cornerback. There's, you know, a gaping hole there because James Bradbury is, if he's not traded, he will be released at some stage because he's at twelve million. He'll be, um, he's, he's a twenty-one million cap hit at the moment. If they let him go, he's they're pulling back twelve million. I think it's a guarantee right now. Financially, they don't even have enough money to pay the, the the rookies, so he has to go at some stage. I think they're lining up to try and get what they can on draft night. If it doesn't materialize, they let him go, and I think. It'll be Sauce Gardner, but not just Sauce Gardner. It'll be Apple Sauce Gardner. Big Apple Sauce Gardner. Thank you for joining us on the Irish NFL show. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Do you like that one? That... <laughs> oh, if you're watching this on YouTube in a, in, a, in a segment, this is the end of the video, and we're now going to move on to... I actually think this is the most intriguing pick of the top 10. Like, 100%. The Carolina Panthers, the GM, the head coach, I genuinely think are in. Let's go for it, lads. Like, <laughs> the Panthers need quarterback, 
defensive tackle, linebacker, cornerback, and edge. They need Christian McCaffrey to be healthy for more than half a week or half a Thursday night football game this year. Please God, as a neutral fan. Um, the Panthers last year, when they had Sam Darnold, that was a good trade, and Cam Newton threw a league leading 21 interceptions and only had 14 touchdowns. Uh, that is the second lowest total in the NFL. I genuinely think they're going to have a bit of crack and go for a quarterback here. I don't know who they're going to pick. Do they take Malik Willis? Do they go with Chase Howell? Can he pick it? I don't know. But I do think they take a quarterback at six. And I think the, the sheer eruption will start then. you got a lot of people saying Malik Willis at six. What do you think, Con? Well, I, I think, yeah, they need a quarterback. This is the, the giant issue. They have tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed repeatedly. And we've heard repeatedly how the owner is impatient and he wants things to, to change. I, I, it's, it's a bit of a nightmare for them, right? Because it's not like there are generational QBs in this, uh, in this draft. And if they take the QB, then what they they don't have a whole lot of other draft capital but they you cannot go into the season with sam darnold you just can't that can't be your you you tried it last year it was an unmitigated disaster when your qb play is worse than the broncos qb play you are in some sort of dante's you know fifth circle of of hell at at that point there's (laughs) there's very few rungs lower than it a couple but not not many they, if Willis is there, yeah, but the problem is, is, is Willis ready to, to start straight away? I think his scrambling ability makes him a better, an actual, more likely to start than, than Kenny Pickett. Um, but I don't know if he's if he's going to be there. I think the Panthers, um, and I have, um, I know people li- living in the, in the Carolinas, I think they're in a world of pain. I, I really do. I think that Matt Rule has um, dug them a hole. I don't think the owner has done them a whole lot of favours. To me, yeah, they take the the QB that's there. I have Willis going um, earlier, so could it be Kenny Pickett? But it it feels and and Brian will know this. Like it felt like the Giants taking Daniel Daniel Jones. You you knew it was unlikely to to work out. You kind of hoped against uh, hope that it would. If they take Kenny Pickett, it would really have that sort of feeling. Could it work out? Sure, will it? It's unlikely. So I'm going to give the argument as to why they shouldn't take a quarterback. Um, so first of all, I'd say I think they're more likely to take Pickett because there's a long-standing relationship between him and Matt Rule, the head coach from the time in Temple. Before he moved out to Pittsburgh, he originally started Temple. Matt Rule was in Temple at the time. So they've got a relationship there. So I think he knows him, and he probably knows what, what he needs to do to get the best out of him. Um, they don't pick again in the fourth round. So they're essentially going to take a quarterback in the fourth round who won't start immediately. And Sam Darnold, unless he comes in and, and blows the doors off in, in training camp, not likely, judging by what we're hearing from, from all the different analysis on this draft. So whether it's Willis or whether it's Pickett, I'd be surprised if either one was to start. So they're going to have to run it back with, with Sam Darnold unless they get involved in the Baker Mayfield situation. So no pick to the fourth round. And I was looking back at head coaches who've had rookie quarterbacks who are on, on the you know, on the pressure in terms of their position and have they been saved? So last year, Justin Fields came in, Nagy was gone. Okay, he didn't save his job. I think the last one before that, I think it was Jackson in Cleveland, Baker Mayfield's first year. He he started. He didn't. He did. He he was moved on as well. And then Freddie Kitchens came in during that season as temporary head coach, and then obviously he got the job. And we know how things played out there. So we don't see many head coaches 
who are under fire, you know, with their position, get a rookie quarterback in that saves their saves their job. So for me, it's a no-no. I think they should stick with a player that can help them immediately. And was Darnold isn't the answer, at least he'd be, be held up straight because the sacks he took last year was ridiculous in terms of the numbers. I think they should go George Cross offensive line. But um, that's the sensible pick and maybe the right pick, but maybe not what they'll do because the owner, as you said, Michael, is on the he's putting the head coach and, and the GM under a lot of pressure to get a quarterback in sooner rather than later. I had this thing this week. Is there a George Cross and a Charles Cross? Genuinely. Genuine question. It's Charles Cross. No call Charles George Moore, Cross. Wondering. I don't, is that a thing in the life? Everyone calls somebody Charles George. I I, I don't know. This is it's the yeah, maybe, of, maybe uh, George's day was on my mind from the twenty twenty. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Uh, the, the Thanks for correcting yeah. me, Michael. Appreciate it. Yes, I, and thank you to the Carolina Panthers fans that have watched this segment. I hope you enjoy the pick that you're going to make first. Now, I'm going to say Malik Willis. Colin, who you got? I'm going to say Kenny, Kenny Pickett, but not with a great deal of conviction. Oh, Kenny, Kenny. Brian? No, no quarterback in my mock draft top 10. I'm staying that way. Um, Charles Cross, as opposed to George Cross. George. Top 10. Okay. Our next segment, we're going to round off the top 10 by looking at two teams in one segment uh we're gonna look at the falcons and we're gonna look at the seahawks if i had told you boys at the start of january that drew lock would be the quarterback for the seahawks and marcus mariota would be the quarterback for the atlanta falcons sweet jesus and nazareth what's going on there this is an this is a really intriguing possibility because if for me if the seahawks go after a quarterback here i actually took i actually made them a uh, take kenny pickett for the crack as like this really low key, no one's really talking about an option at nine. What does Drew Lock think, lads, after being traded there? And he's literally he's it seems to be like like the, the GMs come out this week and said, We've got a championship mindset, you know, by trading away your quarterback. I mean, like for Drew Locke, if that was to happen, how would he feel? I think they'll go with a wide receiver. The Falcons go with, with, with a wide receiver at the number eight pick, and I've got them taking uh Jamison Williams. Oh, let the Jamison sink in. Column, who have you got for the Falcons and the Seahawks? Um, yeah, well, but both with new quarterbacks, but Michael, one of those quarterbacks is serviceable as an NFL QB, and, and one of them simply isn't. And, and that's Marcus Mariota, who is serviceable. Drew Locke, you cannot start your season with Drew Locke as your QB. Uh, certainly not with a, a 70 year old head coach, unless you plan to pick um, within the top five next year. And, and maybe that's the plan. Maybe Pete Carroll intends to, to coach into his 80s chasing um the the dragon for forevermore but the the falcons are are with mariota they they will i think run it back this year um we we know um that they were obviously in on deshaun watson it didn't work out matt ryan has moved on they they have issues um in in in, in a lot of areas and you you do you really want to take one of these wide receivers at, at eight? But they need they need a wide receiver. But I think every single wide receiver in this year's draft comes with an asterisk. There is no Jamar Chase in in this year's draft. Um, could they be? Could they become really good? Obviously, yeah, they could. But there's definitely a knock on each of them. But I do think, given the the wide receiver room with the Falcons, I think they probably have to. To take one if they don't i they're likely to go edge i think for 
Um, the Seahawks, I, I think the Seahawks probably are waiting for the Browns to to cut Baker Mayfield. He's talked about it. Um, you know, I talked I talked about it on, on our show the other night. I think for him, he hasn't played it well. I'd have I told him I'd have shut up front and center, have the cameras on you, get the make the Browns get rid of you. But I, I think that's what the Seahawks will do. I think they will play it out, and I think ultimately Baker Mayfield will come in there and Drew Lock won't be able to say anything because um Drew Lock had um some pedigree coming in but Drew Locke just simply hasn't shown it there's also the fact that he got himself suspended and the Broncos had to play without um, a QB because of him so he hasn't held himself on or off the field for that reason I'm gonna um say that you know you look at John Schneider and he just he doesn't tend to go O-line and he doesn't tend to go secondary um so I, I think They'll either go edge um, or they might, um, if Pete Carroll wants to get, uh, replace uh, Bobby, they could go Devin Lloyd uh, out of Utah and um, potentially bring, bring him in. Brian, to talk about all 32 teams so nobody complains about this, about the show this week, uh, the Colts now have Matt Ryan. We've talked about the Colts. That's right. There we go. Uh, Falcons are an intriguing prospect because if Mariota does get the season, you've got a, you've got a Kyle Pitts going into the second season. What's your thoughts on how they can maybe level up that offense and, not, and then also about the Seahawks as well. Um, on the Falcons, I, I'm with Conor sitting there. Right? I do think they might take a wide receiver, but I think I don't, I'm not sure if it's the right thing to do. Um, I think they want to build an offense with, with a with a long term plan in place in terms of they've got Kyle Pitts. If we can get a really efficient wide receiver in the draft, and I've selected Garrett Wilson in this instance, I think he might be the right person to go in there. But I actually would be thinking they're the team of all the teams in the top 10 that could potentially go quarterback and surprises and the reason why i think that is last year pitch was so good everybody talked about him tight end he could potentially play wide receiver was he didn't get the, t- the touchdowns well we saw one of them in london but once he didn't get the touchdowns throughout the season he really had a really good first year as a tight end and i think if it wasn't for him there last year potentially they might have taken a quarterback and looked to the future you know beyond matt ryan and maybe it would have been justin fields at the time so i would not be surprised if they would pick a quarterback and we've seen Mariotti's type of quarterback. If you read about Mariotti's background, he's not the kind of guy that will get annoyed by the fact that he recognizes that a quarterback could come in during the season and take over from him. He's a really supportive guy and he'll help the quarterback. So maybe that's the plan to start with Mariotti, get a quarterback in, and then gradually bring him in. So I wouldn't be shocked if the Falcons were, in fact, the team that takes a quarterback. But I am going to stick with my original selection, which is that they'll go wide receiver. As for Seattle, I think Seattle, it's a strange one for Seattle. The quarterback situation is a bit a bit of a mess. Colin talks about Baker Mayfield. I think Baker is trying to talk it into existence rather than actually having any traction there with Seattle. Um, maybe come training camp, they'll see what Locke is and they'll realise, no, this isn't going to work. Right now, I genuinely do believe that they're going to start with Locke and maybe they'll quickly change their mind come training camp and they'll quickly look to get Baker Mayfield in. But um, in terms of the pick, I think they'll go best player available. And I think if any of the offensive line guys had to drop down for one reason or because quarterbacks go early, I think they'll pick an offensive line. But I've actually maybe gone with a little bit of a swing here. I think they'll go cornerback and take Derek Stingley Jr., who for a long time people felt wouldn't be in the top 10, top 15 because he's injury concerns. He seems to have come through that, had his pro day, looks really good. I think they'll go cornerback here and take Derek Stingley, which is, I suppose, it's supposed to what they would normally do. But look, drafts are drafts, and we've seen crazy things happen before. I think that's the route they'll go. We have indeed, for the first time ever, I'm going to say this name, 
The Washington Commanders are picking at number 11 in the 2022 NFL Draft this week. We obviously had Riverboat Ron on uh, just before the Super Bowl. Great guy, great lad. Apparently rang up, not, not him, but apparently the team rang up Kansas City and asked about Patrick Mahomes. So they're not scared, lads, of you know going for the crack, going for it. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say they need a quarterback. They've got Carson Wentz now. So, uh, you know, uh, Carson Wentz you. is a Super Bowl champion. So, um, you know, I'll put that out there and leave that for the Giants fan below us. I, I, I'm going to say they're going to go with Garrett Wilson in this draft if he's available at the time or the next best wide receiver available. They need targets for Carson Wentz to throw to. Simple as that. Carson Wentz, boys, you know, there's time, there, were, there was times in Indy he wasn't that bad. You never he, Look, the division he's in now, he's playing the Giants twice a year. He's playing the Eagles twice a year. He's playing the Cowboys twice a year. I don't want to start this conversation again about Washington, but do not count out the commanders if Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera can get something going. I think they'll go for a wide receiver in the draft at number 11. Colin, who have you got? Uh, I don't have any faith in Carson Wentz, I can tell you that. Frank Reich, his mentor, brings him in, and he, he can't do it. He lets him down in, in the biggest game. And all the stories that have come out of Indianapolis since haven't been good about, you know, his attitude and how, you know, he was very difficult to or unreceptive to um, advice from the, the coaching staff. And I wonder if the commanders wish that they had kind of sat on their heels a little bit and let the QB um, situation play out. But they didn't. They went with Wentz, and they only have really scary Terry for him to throw to. So I'm going to say that they need to bring in another uh, wide receiver here. Um, it really at, the, at this point is probably who's who. If if the Jets and the Falcons have taken um, wide receivers, who is left on the board? But that would be what I would expect them to do. Could be Olave, could be Williams, could be London. Um, that that's what what I expect. If um, Kyle Hamilton is still there, that could be potentially a surprise, and maybe they leave the wide receiver uh, to um, the second round. But they definitely need wide receiver help. Uh, Brian, the Washington offense needs a boost. Well, they'll get, oh, it, with a, they'll get yeah. it with a wide receiver. Um, I, I'm kind of look. I'm going to call him on this. I think wide receiver. I think you, you've called it up, Michael. They need a wide receiver. They need a pair that can go on the opposite side. Um, Williams is an interesting one. Um, you know, he's coming off that ACL, and for a long time, people felt he was way down the, the draft order, and he's been talked about with the Chiefs and even potentially the Packers. And now, all of a sudden, over the past week, he shot up and he's going to go potentially in the top fifteen because teams are basically recognizing that once they get beyond the injury, he's a he's probably arguably the best wide receiver in the draft. Will Washington take a chance? Because what concerns me is if he's if the, if whoever takes Williams early on, they need a major player. Any player that can come in and major an impact. He's a luxury player to a certain extent because he's going to be out with an injury maybe at the start of the season. Teams who can move around with the players and get and get on with it and certainly win games without him, they're probably the best ones who can benefit from that. Washington needed a wide receiver immediately, so I'd be surprised if he was to go there. I do think um the Kyle Hampton scenario here is and it's kind of touches where it was with the Texans, you know, they could hit Tortin and Kyle Hampton could be still be there, and that's an immediate player you take straight away. So the only question mark for me is will they think Kyle Hampton is so good that they'll just have to take him rather and then try correct the wide receiver further down the draft. 
Minnesota, interesting one. There, Minnesota is a strange team well, at twelve. So, I think we should build, we should bulk up Minnesota and Baltimore, right? So, the Vikings are at twelve. The Baltimore Ravens are at fourteen. I'm taking George Cara. Car, car, I can't pronounce it. this. Is this is getting this year is getting ridiculous? George Cara Cara Falta. I, you know what? He's the edge player Car- for Purdue. Carlefis from Purdue. If you yeah. actually read into his family history, like his sister and his dad, all they're not like Olympians or anything, but like they're the most athletic family I've ever read about in my life. He seriously, boys, could completely go in and transform that team. <laughs> seriously, like in the division that they're in, I him at twelve. I think the Ravens might go after someone like Jordan Davis, defensive lineman in Georgia. Um, he would really help in Baltimore's blitz-heavy schemes. So someone like that there. But you know, the Ravens need a defensive lineman, defensive back. The Vikings need a cornerback and, and then also an IOL as well. Colin, for 12 for the Vikings, 14 for the Ravens, who are you thinking? Um, I think if you're looking at the Vikings, I think they're going to go cornerback, right? They, with Aaron Rodgers back and they're facing him uh, twice a year and their cornerback situation has been a mess. They obviously brought Patch Peterson in, but it, it hasn't really worked. Uh, so I, I would say that that would be what they if they are to pick now the vikings are another team that traditionally definitely are open to trading back and if somebody wanted to come up they may well be willing to to do a deal mac mcduffie um or singly jr um if they were if they're there i think they're the two probably that they would look at um, Brian has talked, talked a little bit about um, Stingley. He tw- his twenty nineteen year was incredible, right? Is uh, it was it was, but obviously since then it hasn't been. Now there are COVID and 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 various other, um, I suppose, outside um, factors on, on that. Um, but if he can get back to where he was in twenty nineteen, he would be quite the pickup. Uh, I I would say definitely cornerback in in terms of the. The Ravens is an interesting one. I, I can see what you're saying in terms of bringing in a big um, run run stopper. Um, the other that they could potentially, again, Devin Lloyd, I mentioned him earlier for the, the Seahawks. He could be another that they, they look at. If the there's a tackle still on the the board, if, if Cross is still there, that could be another I could definitely see um, the... The Ravens going with because uh, they could they could use more help in the the trenches. Uh, they are obviously um, a team that you know puts a, a lot into um, the Lamar running the the ball, and so having extra help, I think, on the O line could be another possibility that the the Ravens might look at. So, Michael, yeah, I, I'm your your. Your friend from Greece. Um, I was gonna tonight. I was just gonna pronounce him as the new Greek god because I was struggling to get a surname. I'm going to Corfu on July the 27th, Brian. So I'm just trying to get it all in. Do you know what maybe, I mean? maybe you could give him, you know, drop him an email and see can he help you out with his surname before it's you get over there and you're wearing his jersey. I think he's a fit for the Vikings. The one player I would call out, which we haven't because he, he seems to have moved down the, the board, Jermaine Johnson, another pass rusher who is going to be if if it goes away we're thinking he'll still be there and i think it's a case of which one they like more and who they think is more suitable to this game so they're the two i'd be thinking with the vikings for the ravens yeah i, I can see common points i think there's a there's a number of players that they could go after i think trevor penning offensive line who we had on our show a couple of months ago is a standout player there there's um 
Zion Johnson, another guard that potentially could be looked at for, for the Ravens. So there's two there, and then if they do go cornerback, because we saw last year there's so many injuries, and there's just that defense. And they've just bear in mind the defensive coordinator has moved on. He's gone to the Giants. So it's a brand new defensive structure being put in place. So maybe they will go cornerback. But again, they had problems for a large part of the second half of the season stopping the run. So again, I think the Ravens are fortunate in a position where they're a good team. They had a lot of injuries last year. Yet, like people talk about the Steelers getting to the playoffs, but with two weeks to go, the Ravens were still within a chance to make the playoffs. They were a strong side there, and I think they're fortunate. Whatever player they pick can fit into a, a really good scheme there on the harbour. You can re-watch that Trevor Penning interview. Who would have thought, boys? First round pick, now fantastic. Uh, on Thursday night before the NFL draft starts, uh, cover starts off at about 11.30. That's our, that's our thoughts for the Vikings and also for the Baltimore Ravens as well ahead of the NFL draft. The next segment, we're going to look at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles made the playoffs last year uh, in, albeit, a very weak division in terms of the performance overall last year. Who knows what's going to happen this year? They've got 10 picks in this year's draft. That ties them, I think, for fifth in the amount of picks. I think there's one team, I can't remember, it might be the Chiefs, has 13 picks in this draft. It's nuts. Look, They've got knees at wide receiver, linebacker, linebacker, cornerback. They, if you look at linebacker, now the, the Eagles boys have picks at 15 and 19 in this draft. So quite close to each other in that sense. And it might fall for them depending on who's there at 15. And then that's sort of drop back towards 19 as well. Uh, for linebacker, you know, Colin, you mentioned Utah's Devin Lloyd. Or maybe N'Kobe Dean as well, who's for Georgia. If they're available in that mid-spot, that could be a quality pickup at linebacker. But I do think they're going to go for a quarterback as well. And there's a lot of talk about Trent McDuffie from Washington. You know, he could be a guy that they really go all in for at that pick. I don't I don't know if they'll do it at 15, but they might do it at 19. Colin, what, what's your thoughts? There's certainly a lot of talk about um, a re- receiver, uh, how, uh, how he'll probably never get over the, the Jalen Rieger pick. And so maybe that's why he is acquiring so many picks that eventually, eventually he'll hit on uh, somebody. To me, though, I think the the Eagles were kind of powered last year by their their lines, be the O-line and the D-line, and that's where they like to really build it up. I Fletcher Cox, they you know there was a whole thing around him in the offseason. He's coming back. He signed a one year deal. They could look to to bring someone in to replace um, Fletcher. So to me, this could be a good fit for Jordan Davis, the guy who has you know amongst the most freakish of athletic abilities. Uh, the, his his size, his power, his speed, and we we spoke to Sam Monson about it and, and his ability. He still has a lot of learning to do, right? Because um, he is not a, a good run stopper as he should be. And there are concerns around his ability to play um, every down. But um, if you bring him in and Fletcher Cox is still there, can you can you train him up? So to me, that might well be a good fit for the Eagles because he is um, so he has such incredible athletic ability. Devante Wyatt might be another. There are enormous off-field concerns, um, you know, uh, expressed around him. Um, so that could that could put um, put paid to to that. But to me, I would say this this I. I, I, there are a lot of teams who will look at um, Jordan Davis and what he has done and say, yeah, we'd like some of that. But this probably seems the the most natural uh, fit uh, at 15. 
Um, last year and the year before, the Eagles have been continuously called out for their, their weak linebacker play. And there's been stories out there they've had the weakest linebackers in the league. And Alex Singleton, who was another former guest of the show who's moved on to the Broncos, isn't even there anymore. So they've already been depleted in that situation. So to your point, uh, reasoning, Michael, yeah, the two ones you called out, um, Dean and, and Lloyd, I think it's I think one of those will go. Um, it's just a case of whether... You know, they might look at the situation and go, do they want to take one now or do they want to wait for the second second pick they have in the first round? Because they might see both of them in the same kind of level in terms of their skill set. And they might say, look, there's no need to take one now when we can get them in a couple of spots later. I think they'll go wide receiver one of those. Um, you know, there's Eagles fans, and I, I know a few, and they've spoken to them. They said, we don't really need a wide receiver. You know, we've got an abundance of good talent there. But I think it's one of those situations where they really want to know what they're getting their hearts. And the more good players they can put around them, the better they'll be. Come 12 months' time when they're potentially looking at a new quarterback, because don't forget, like they've done that trade with the Saints, so they've got two number ones next year. I think wide receiver won them. Um, maybe not the right pick, but if the GM wants to move on from his bad pick of a wide receiver a couple of years ago. So for me, linebacker and a wide receiver. Yeah, the Eagles wide receiver draft picks are always good crack in fantasy. Always good crack in fantasy. Love love the crack with the Eagles. Many weeks in fantasy didn't half kill me last year at all. The New Orleans Saints, with a new head coach, are at the number 16 spot and at the number 18 spot in the NFL draft. And they've got various different needs as far as many different analysts think, including us. Uh, They're going to be London-bound against the team TBC on May the 4th. Parnell's the Vikings. Who knows? But it's an interesting combination. Again, like the Eagles, lads, Teams that have picks very close to each other, like the Jets, like the Giants. I could see Trevor Penning going around either 16 or 19. Trevor Penning is a real reliable option for this team. He's got good feet. And and look, the Saints are very reliant on the run. And he could be a really, really good option, not just for now, but for a long-term option. They've lost uh, Taron Armstead as well, so that could be a really good option for them. I think they'll go... If you pick him at 16, they'll go with a wide receiver at 19. Best available. Um, I keep talking about Williams. I don't think Williams will drop to 19, but maybe around that situation. Colin, what's, what's your thought? Uh, yeah, I'm in total agreement with you uh, on this. I think um, Penning, I think they're going to, they need to tackle. And I think it, I, the others will probably be gone at this point. So Penning is probably the the meanest, nastiest of the the tackles. He he's a real mauler, and and given the division that that they're in and how much they like to beat up on um, the the opposition, I I think that maybe that might he might well fit in well there. He's very talented. He still has th- to learn, and he still has so, some you know issues. I suppose he. He took a step up at the senior bowl, but he can still he can still get beaten. But he he is a very very talented um, tackle, and I wouldn't be at all surprised, um, you know, if if they were to to look to to bring him in. And yeah, I, I think probably um, they are going to look to bring in wide receiver. But I think they're kind of going to run it with with Jameis. I think probably what they have. I think they looked around the NFC landscape. They said. The Bucks are there, um, and the Rams are there. We feel what we're capable of beating the Bucks. Let's get 
two picks in and let's see uh, what might happen. So to me, in terms of tackle wide receiver, and, you know, it, it really depends on who's who's left, I think, in terms of the wide receivers at, at this point, when you get to this point in the draft, um, you know, because they, again, mentioned it earlier, each of them has great qualities. Each of them has probably an asterisk beside them with some concerns uh, in terms of their uh, abilities. Um, yeah, look, to, to the point with James Winston, when he got that injury early on in the season, um, it was against the Bucks at home, Bucks at home and they went, obviously went on to win that game, but like he was doing reasonably well for him. Quite, you know, a lot of people were taken back by how well he was playing. And they, we were seeing different, a different Winston, you know, from what we saw in the Bucks with the interceptions and stuff. So, and they brought him back on a two year deal. So, I think we're going to get a little bit repetitive now because obviously it's just the way the board will go. But I think it's one of those cases where they'll take whatever offensive line comes to them at that stage of the draft, the best one, the best offensive line available. So, maybe if it's not Penny. Again, Zion Johnson's situation. And then the other one, I'm not 100% on the wide receiver because if you look at the wide receivers that are tempted to go in the first 15, after that, there's quite a conversation. There's a bit of a drop-off. And you've got Olave, Brooks, Dotson, and Pickens. And the vast majority of scouting and mock drafts have them going from 20 on, which well, I suppose the Saints are in their own that area. So it wouldn't be a reach. I just think they've other holes to fill. I think they might just maybe, depending on... The, the pass rushers and who who drops down, they might consider that. But the Saints are in a position where they are, you know, they've got a lot of good players there. And I think whatever, whatever way they go, it'll bring them on for next season. But I just have a sneaking feeling that they won't go wide receiver. Okay. Nice one. So two teams that we looked at uh, previously, the Eagles got a lot of picks this part of the draft too. Saints have got two quite close to each other, 16 and 18. The next team we're going to look at, we're going to look at the Chargers and we're going to look at the Steelers as well in this next segment. The Chargers have got the 17th pick in the draft. Apparently, going by the Chargers social media channels, 17 is a lucky number. So there you go. And the Steelers have got the 20th pick in the NFL. I can't believe we're 20 already, boys. The Chargers are an intriguing one. Um, there's a team in the first round of the draft that apparently doesn't want the 7th pick. And that team is the New York Giants. Like, could the Chargers trade up and go all in and try and get someone? Maybe a Charles Cross, maybe best player available. Seriously, at that, at that, at that, at that point in the draft. It's obvious the Giants, you know, well, maybe Brian will tell us different in the second, but it seems as if the Giants don't want that pick or will be open to at least trading back a bit. So why don't they go after a Charles Cross? You know, they need someone that could be a long-term starter opposite or alongside Rashawn Slater. So the Chargers need to get somebody in like that. So... If he's there, who knows? But that could be the first trade-up that we see on Thursday night. Um, Steelers, the 20. Kenny Pickett. Colin. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think the, the Steelers are as in love with Kenny Pickett as is maybe being made out or was being made out maybe a couple of months ago. Could they? Yeah, cer- certainly. But I, I think... The talk seems to be Willis um, would be more likely, but I think he's going to be gone um, off the board either. Um, as I said, the, the Lions are, I think somebody goes up. Uh, could the could the Steelers potentially, they've gone up before, um, but I, I would say if um, Hamilton was to, to fall to, to this, uh, I think they they may well take him. They're, they're another team who, if the... 
Browns were to cut Baker, um, they I think they'd go for him then. I think that's what uh, a lot of the, the league is waiting. They're not going to maybe trade for, for Baker, but if he is available, uh, certainly his, his market would open up um at that point so uh to to me if willis is there sure otherwise um kyle hamilton i i think might be kyle hamilton might be the one that they they look for the chargers um in a, an interesting one uh, i think the saints probably went up ahead of them to to take the the tackle um because i think that's probably what they they felt that the the Chargers would do uh, and because of that uh, I think that the Chargers might look to bring in a cornerback given that the the Broncos have brought in Russell Wilson you're fading Patrick Mahomes twice a year um, and under uh, Josh McDaniels you imagine the the Raiders will be um, good offensively certainly so they they brought in JC Jackson absolutely and he is CB1 but I, I still think maybe they need a, a little bit of help um there are some really really good um cornerbacks in this draft talked earlier about the the Vikings and and what they might do I think whoever the Vikings didn't take um they they this could be where the Chargers might look to um strengthen their secondary I see these two teams as two real live options to move up. Um, as you as you suggested, Michael, Chargers may consider you know um, the offensive line situation and try and move up to seven with the Giants. And now you can see a scenario where Kevin Colbert is going to leave. You know, and there's been conversations coming out that he wants to leave, putting the quarterback in position for this franchise going forward. And then he wants to step away, knowing that that's all resolved. And look, once we say these quarterbacks aren't. At a standard that we've seen in previous drafts, you know, maybe they see it differently. Maybe they do think Malik Willis is worthy of a, a pick at seven in the in the fourth round of the draft, and they make a big push to get up there. So, these two now would really intrigue me in terms of one of them potentially coming up. If they stay as they are, I think for the Chargers, it's a case of which, which again, which offensive line does Penning drop that far, or is it Jordan Davis? You know, because we spoke, you know, time and time again last year, and obviously from free agency about the fact that. Defensive tackle was a problem for them last year. They couldn't stop the run. Well, Jordan Davis was to be picked up. I think they'll go a bit of a help towards resolving that issue. But again, is he going to be there um, for the Steelers? I think it's a yeah, it's a Kyle Hamilton scenario. You know, someone somewhere within this draft is going to drop. You know, someone's going to go from arguably supposed to be 10, 12 down to 20. And I think Steelers, if they don't move up, will, will look to just take best player available. Kyle Hampton may be cornerback. Um, the offensive line last year, despite Big Ben's poor season, you know, for for an offensive line that was put stitched together with five players, they did reasonably well. So I'm not sure if they go there. I think they're alive, and I think that we could really see them move up in the fourth round. Let's see what happens. Thursday night will be live from around 11:30 p.m. on the Irish NFL Show Twitter account, on YouTube, and Facebook. You can check us out on Instagram and also on TikTok as well. Now, let's look at our next segment, which is the New England Patriots and the Arizona. Let's start, let's always start 7 of the Cardinals. Had to get that in there for the Cardinals fans. Um, the Super Bowl's in Arizona this year. Be interesting to see what happens next season. The New England Patriots got the 21st pick. The Arizona Cardinals got the 23rd pick in the NFL draft. For me, I think an intriguing possibility is going to be trying to get more targets for, for Mac Jones, who... If only Mark was here, is a second coming, and I, I just, I have high expectations, boys, in, in year two. 
high expectations now after the last year and after some of the stuff we've heard in the show. And of course, he's, he's had a very good rookie season. So very high expectations. Maybe the best wide receiver available there could add with Devante Parker. Maybe a Drake London if he's still there. Uh, for the Cardinals, Tyler Linderbaum. Like... The, the Cardinals' offensive line needs to be as physical as possible. It's not at the minute. And are we presuming that Kyler Murray is playing based upon a 100 emoji last week? So I'm just going to presume that's happening. Everyone's seen that last week, yeah? So it's all good. Colin, Patriots 21, Cardinals 23. Who are you going to pick for these teams? I think the Patriots might go with Zion Johnson. Um you know, we talked to, to Jim Nagy about him, possibly the smartest player in the draft. And Bill Belichick loves smart players. He loves versatility. And Johnson is a guy who played tackle previously. He he is a guard and he's played center. Playing tackle, I think, really helped him. He's not going to play tackle in the NFL, but playing tackle helped him in terms of pass protection. That is what they are looking for um, to bring in to, to help Mac Jones. To, so to me, he's kind of an instantaneous team captain, right? So I think the Bill Belichick goes Zion Johnson. In terms of the, the Cardinals, they they lost Chandler Jones, and I think that's a a big loss for them. Uh, Chandler Jones has – he's kind of a, a streaky um, player. They always talked about Wayne Rooney was um, kind of a streaky goal, goal scorer. Um, it's the same when it comes to Chandler Jones and, and sacks. I feel he goes on these runs um, where he, he, he has back-to-back games and then kind of um, others. But I think they need to replace that. I, I probably need help maybe on the interior of the, the D-line. Um, I spoke earlier about um, the Eagles, but if the Eagles don't take Devontae Wyatt, this could be where he goes um, because he is, he's an enormous um, human being. And uh, the Cardinals, um, you know, this would give Vance Joseph a, a piece to to work with uh, on the, the interior there. So in one of the most competitive divisions, that could be a really good pickup. Yeah, I, I agree with Michael and uh, what you said around the Patriots and trying to put more players around Mac Jones. And, and this is where I think Williams potentially is a good spot. You know, the Patriots would bring him in, you know, on the injury and, you know, ease him into the team. And then he's got the relationship already from his time, you know, previously with, with Mac Jones. So it would be a perfect fit. If, if wide receiver isn't an option, if he's gone and they just don't think the other guys are up to that level, well, then I think actually linebackers is something that they need to address. Uh, Kyle Van Noy is was released in free agency, only having come back last year from Miami. Um, they seem to be a bit light there. So we spoke with Dean and Lloyd, you know, potentially one of them, you know, could still be there. And that's where I think, I think it's one of those scenarios. Um, in terms of the cards, I think it's pass rush. And I think it's between the guys who, like, we've talked about all the pass rushers, say someone is not going to get picked up. And it's not because they're such a good players, more so for other teams are focused on the needs of that team. So could we see um, your Greek your Greek god dropped down to that level. If he was, I'd imagine he'd be someone that they'd be seriously considering. Or maybe Jermaine Johnson, if he was to go down that far, which would be a bit of a surprise. But someone does spoil, and it could be perfectly fit for the Cardinals, who really need to replace Chandler Jones, having left in free agency to go to the Raiders. Okay, well, the Green Bay Packers are next on our radar, lads. The Green Bay Packers have got, <coughs> excuse me, I'm coughing already. I must have got Aaron Rodgers' contract or money down my throat with that much of it. Um, that was a genuine cough 
Uh, 22nd and 28th pick in the draft. Packers have a few needs. Cornerback, wide receiver, linebacker. Um, I think they're going to go with a wide receiver first. And whenever I was talking to the lads from UK Packers, Steve and the lads, they think they're going to... So they don't know for Jeff Reinbold's draft. They're convinced they're going to go with a wide receiver first. I don't know if they were had Mark Murphy in the phone like us a few weeks ago. There's boys like, for example, I was chatting to Ollie Conning last week and he's really big on Christian Watson, who's a wide receiver from North Dakota State. He's got uh, serious speed and he thinks that, that sort of guy there could give Aaron Rodgers what he needs after losing the top three wide receiver in the league. And we're going to get this conversation to Las Vegas. Look, Rodgers needs weapons now. It doesn't matter if it's a wide receiver or a tight end, but needs to get whatever the best wide receiver is left in that draft. Or you may find Green Bay picking a wide receiver that no one's even talked about for the first round, just just doing something hilarious, like the whole Jordan Loving a couple of years ago. Um, in terms of the pick at 28, they need to go after an offensive tackle, someone around that there. Um, I would say Trevor Penning will be gone by then. I, can, I already said Tyler Linderbaum a minute ago. Kenyon Green, unlikely to be our 28. Uh, I think our guy from Austria, uh, Bernard Ryman, could be a good pick for the Packers at numero 28. Uh, Colm, who have you got for the Green Bay football Packers? London bound, uh, apparently in week four or week five of the season. There's your exclusive 68 minutes into the show. Well, I think they are going to take a, a wide receiver, uh, whether that's at tw- 22 or 28, but I think they will take a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, finally, uh, some would say over long overdue. Uh, who who that will, will be, well, that depends on on the others who, who are there at, at that point. Um, what they what they do after that? I mean, when when you say look at the the needs, right? It is wide receiver, it's O line. The, the Packers have, have had you know guys leave, um, so they they could uh, potentially use some help and and at linebacker as as well. So the interior linebacker um, is somebody that they um, could look at. Uh, yeah, if they if they go to um, if they take a wide receiver um, first, then I think Kenyon Green will be gone because I think the the Cowboys um, will will they are given that there's my pick for the Cowboys. I think Kenyon Green is almost a shoe in right because I've said that Zaya Johnson will be gone and the Cowboys absolutely have to have. Um, so at, at that point, they're they're kind of um, looking around because the the two kind of first round guards, um, are Johnson and and Green. Um, it's it's kind of a, a tricky one um, for the, the the Packers to see exactly um, what they what they might do. But I'm going to say wide wide receiver um, first, and then I'm going to go interior linebacker um, with the 28th pick. Brian Collins literally just gave away his pick for the Cowboys, so I actually think. It'd be Zion Johnson, but if it's not Zion Johnson, it's Kenyon Green. So maybe you want to throw that into your extravaganza for both Green Bay and Dallas. Well, I'm going to give you an extravaganza for Green Bay. I think they're going to double down. I think they're going to take two wide receivers. Um, No, they're not. What? I think they're going to take, um, I think something like Borks, um, potentially something that they look at with a big reach, and then they'll look for a slot receiver, and that's a lave. There's also one floating around in the second round that potentially could move up, which is Sky Moore. I think that's somebody that they will um, consider. And uh, 
Scantling's gone as well. Okay, so Adams is the one that gets all the, the conversations because he's gone to the Raiders, but Scantling's gone to the yeah, Baldy Scantling has gone to the Chiefs. So the two wide receivers do, you know. Um Rogers has got no wide receivers over the past four to five years. That's that's the conversation. Well, now this year, I think they might see a scenario where do you know what you can have two of them because this offense last year was explosive, and I understand what the offensive line needs to be corrected, and maybe that's something they can address in the, in the later rounds because there is some quality players in the second and third round. So I just think something unusual here. I think we see it, and we'll be asking ourselves, oh, my God, not only is he getting one wide receiver, he's getting two, giving them all the weapons he can to get them to the promised land next season. So there you go. Um, is there someone – who else are we supposed to be going? I'm going to Cowboys next. Dallas, your favorite. Dallas. Team. Dallas is a, a – Dallas has been crazy this offseason. Like, there's been so many problems. They've, they've lost so many players. They did very little in free agency to resolve the issues. They've lost players in the offensive line. I think Dallas are one of those teams that if they saw an opportunity to move up, they would to get one of the offensive line guys. Um, I don't. I think it's going to be, take a big stretch to come up and probably have to give away a lot of picks, which probably wouldn't be the right thing in in, in due course. But Jerry Jones is impetuous at times, and he you know he sees something and he wants it, and I. Wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys would try and make a jump to get an offensive line. Um, where do I think they'll go in the end? I think potentially defense and try, you know, solidify the team again on that side of the ball with Randy Gregory go. But um, again, it depends who's there and who drops down. Lovely. We're, we're actually getting really, we're doing really, really well here, boys. We're going to look at the Bills and the Titans next, okay? The Bills have got the 25th pick in the draft. The Titans have got the 26th pick in the draft. And we're almost there after that there. We really are. Buffalo Bills, I'm going to say they're going to take uh, Chris Olave, the wide receiver from, from Ohio State. Unreal. If Josh Allen gets him, good night AFC East. Well, it's good night AFC East anyway, because I don't think Miami's going to challenge Buffalo in any way, shape, or form with Tua as the quarterback. Um, Tennessee Titans, for me, is a really interesting one. But is this the pick where David Ajabo, who everyone is now, I really hope he doesn't fall out of the first round of the draft. I really do. I hope he gets picked. Um, for him to go to Tennessee would be great. And we're obviously all behind David because he's both Scottish. I think he's got he's from Scotland and Nigeria. So hoping he can get back from his injury very quickly. The one thing I'll say about David is it's unlikely he's going to have a very quick recovery. He may not be able to play this season. I have no idea. But uh, Tennessee might need a wide receiver. So <laughs> who knows what's going on there as well. Maybe AJ Brown wants to change his Twitter bio back. Column, who have you got for the Bills in Tennessee? Michael, I was agreeing with you earlier. I couldn't disagree more on these two. The Bills are going cornerback, cornerback, cornerback. That's the only pick for them um, because uh, White is coming back off a serious injury and they they have to get help um, at at cornerback. So uh, could it be Boot Jr. potentially as as somebody that they they might look at? Elam potentially another, but they are going cornerback all day long and and twice on Sundays. um, That I'm convinced of that that's what you'll see them do the titans uh are going to take a qb and the yeah because they are not going to continue to pay ryan Tannehill. i think they have seen that um Tannehill is limited and i think they are going to look to to bring one of the these qbs in they save almost 20 million 
if they let Tannehill go after this, this season. So I think that they might bring Matt Corral or uh, Redder in, um, see see potentially what they have. Um, and it's, it's kind of a strange year because they, they're really assessing what, they, what they're going to do. Derrick Henry coming back off the, the injury. They were number one seeds last year, but they, they flattered to deceive and really disappointed in the the playoffs so i think you know maybe they they weren't as public as um jimmers say uh who 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 is well jerry jones uh, but apart from from jerry um so to me yeah i think maybe that the titans this could be one of the big big surprises that they look to bring a qb in if they do that brian at 20 to 5 on friday morning i'm done i'll not sleep the rest of the night I thought that was going to be my shocker. Um, I thought Colin was going to go, what? Where are you going with that one? He has nailed exactly what I'm thinking. And I give and all the reasons they all stack up. The contract that, that Tannehill's on, the inconsistency last year, they still managed to be the fourth seed. Bengals, nine sacks for a Titans defense, in, sorry, for the Titans defense against the Bengals and still couldn't beat them because of three interceptions in the game, critical interceptions by the quarterback who's good. He's just not top quality. And I think, I think Ritter, I think Ritter who's, Jumped up the boards over the past few weeks as a real live word to go to the Titans. For the, and again, I'm with Colin on the other one. I think the Bills were really good last year, but that game in particular against the Chiefs, they were hosed up and down the field. Cornerbacks were were depleted on. Like there was times in that game where the defense, the front seven, got to Mahomes and he got the plays off. And in the back end, they couldn't manage it. And for the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. I'm not saying the cornerbacks are going to come in immediately and bring them on to that next level, but they're building in the right direction. Bob Miller's come in as well. Like he's going to be up there the front seven. They need someone in the backfield. So long-term play. There's three there that comes to touch on. Gordon, Boot, Elam. For me, it's a case of which one they feel. is. I thought your laptop battery was going for a second there. We're getting there, boys. We've got the next. We're going to look at two teams in, the, in, in one go, and then we're going to look at the Chiefs to finish us off on this NFL Draft preview special on the Irish NFL Show. And... Um, Look, we're going to look at two teams that have been in the Super Bowl over the last two years. First off is Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Glazers, and we've also got the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, so the Bucs are picking at 27. The Bengals are picking at 31. I find I, I love how nobody, like there's not, we haven't mentioned one tight end's name yet in this draft. Not that there is a standout tight end this year, but as of recording, we don't know what's going on with Robert Gronkowski. He's made more TikToks and he's done like training exercises in the offseason. And um, I can't see Zion Johnson falling to 27 for the Bucks. I think they'll go with a wide receiver, potentially, to give their 46-year-old quarterback maybe more weapons. If it, 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 it It's very difficult to presume what they're going to do in this in this part of the draft. Could they trade down maybe and look for some value on Friday and Saturday? The Bengals, uh, Kyrie Elam. Um, if there's no offensive lineman left on the board of 31, the Bengals take the best player available. He offers massive size and speed to match up with a number of different players in the AFC that the Bengals are going to have to worry about. And like, look, can the Bengals really go back and do what they've done over the last 12 months this year? It remains to be seen. A guy like Elam, quarterback in Florida, is an intriguing prospect for me. Colm, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks and also the Bengals, who have you got? 
I think both of these teams um, could look for additional O-line help. And um, you you mentioned him earlier, Michael, but I hadn't him going yet. Uh, Ryman, I think, could end up at, at either of these teams. I mean, um, the Bucks have lost uh, two uh, starting um, O-line guys. Ali Marpet has got into retirement and him and his backpack are not coming out. Um, and Alex Kapp obviously um, got a big contract from the, the Bengals. So I think the Bucks could look to um, Tyler Smith uh, out of Tulsa potentially. Um, and uh, Ryman, I those are the two, and if if the Bucks go one, I think the Bengals might might take the other. But I think um, the I mean Ryman is given these just two years of experience at tackle, he's very very polished. Perhaps you were talking about no tight ends. He's a former tight end, uh, so it's, it's a former tight end maybe going in the 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 first uh, round, but uh, on the on the O line. Uh, for the books, I think it's going to be a safety. Um, I think Logan Ryan has been signed, and with all due respect to me, he had a, quite a poor lot, year last year for the Giants, so I don't think he's going to be a full-time starter. I think he's there for his experience more so than his play. And, uh, you know, they lost another safety way ahead to the Jets, you know, in free agency. So they're a bit light there. Uh, Braxton Hill and Jaden Pitcher. So we, we spoke to Jim Nagy, which is a part of our piece on, on our show on Thursday night, and we spoke about the fact that was Kyle Hampton is the one who gets all their views as the best safety in the draft. If you look at the play of these three guys throughout last season, there wasn't a lot of the difference between them. So there's two safeties there. I think Daxon Hill is something that should be someone who should consider there. And then for, for the Bengals, I mean, the Super Bowl, we spoke about two situations going into the Super Bowl. The offensive line and cornerbacks, and would that be what caused them the Super Bowl? And in the end, it did. There were seven sacks on, on Burroughs. So fairness, free agency, they've addressed that. Cornerback, similar to the Bills, these top teams now are literally players away from being potentially in a position to come back for the Super Bowl. So, again, I think it's a situation. Those three cornerbacks that we're talking about, Gordon, Boot, Elam, it's a case of who's there, who goes beforehand, and I think whatever one is there for the Bengals, they'll they'll take one of those. Okay, our final team tonight. Uh, can't believe we got through this whole first round of the draft. Must be the last seven rounds. But, uh, Kansas City, 29 and 30. I have an exclusive for you boys, Brit Chief has got them picking Devontae Wyatt at 29 um, and George Pickens, a wide receiver at 30. Both played for the Georgia Bulldogs. He said, quote, English Bulldogs. Bulldogs. So there, there you go. Uh, lads, I genuinely don't know who can say you're going to go with, with one of the picks, but I think one of them could be a wide receiver to try and get something back on Hill. What's your thoughts, Colin? Because at this point in the draft, like we don't know who's going to be available. Do you know at that point? It's difficult. Yeah, but they are going to go wide receiver very likely. Pickens, is, Sam Monson has him as the most underrated um, wide receiver, potentially the most un- underrated player in, in the entire draft. So um, he is somebody who uh, certainly, um, you know, could be could go there. To me, I ha- um, you mentioned him earlier. I haven't mentioned him yet. This could be, I think, with the Chiefs, the landing spot for uh, David Ojabo. I, I think that they would be able to um, to deal with having to kind of ease him back in, maybe him not playing early in the season. Um, I mean, look, with, with Andy Reid there, with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are going to rightly feel that uh, they will be uh, at the dance again. So they will probably say, 
okay, we might not have him um, for, you know, maybe even September, October, November, but could he be a guy who made a real difference uh, if he was to, to come in late in the, the season? So to me, those are um, two that they, they might well go with. Um, I'll agree with Brett Chief on, on one and not the other. So I think like it's inevitable on the back of the hill trade that everybody feels they're going to pick a wider saver. And a lot of people felt that the Chiefs would look at Williams from Alabama, the same kind of traits as Hill, you know, explosive wide receiver. But I think what's happened over the past two weeks is Williams has gone from, like, Colin has mocked a 10, you know, and two weeks ago he was 20 toward because of the injury. They're all saying the injury's fine. We had Peter King on our show last week said, no, he's going early. So all of a sudden the Chiefs are going to go, do we need to move up? Will they consider moving up? Do they feel that they've, they've got enough players around Mahomes and, and the defence to come back again? And make a real push without having to really double down on players and they can afford to give away that extra force pick and i guess it's a case of what they believe of these other word of savers one will be taken if they stay poor um i think quarterback is in play here i think they've lost a few quarterbacks in free agency as well so kind of back to that story with the buffalo bills and the Bengals around which which cornerback is available i think that's the standout and i also think they've also lost Players' uh, safety position again, which the Bucks will need to tighten up on. I think potentially they're in play as well for a, for a safety, but it's a case of which one they feel is is the right man. But someone in the top half is going to move up. We know it's a given. We see it every year. So somewhere along the lines, something's going to happen to distort air, distort air conversation here at Seaman. Indeed, yes, that's it. That's the first round done. Uh, just a reminder. That uh, one of our sponsors, the Irish, um, well, the, the Arlingas College Football Classic, Northwestern Nebraska, this August, the tickets go on sale this Friday morning after the draft. So get up early, get a coffee, get some tickets, uh, check out our socials throughout the weeks for more information on that, you know, potential pre sales, etc. For more on that, there. going to be an interesting game, an exciting game to look forward to as well. Thanks also to Trust and to many arcade systems as well for the continued support of the Irish NFL show. Lads, we'll be back on. Thursday night, uh, join us live on Thursday night as we go through um, each selection in the first round of the NFL draft all night long until that 30 second pick is made. I swear to God, if anybody uses their 10 minutes in full, I'll be a happy man. Hey? Uh, but yeah, here lads, F- thanks a lot for your time and uh, folks, thank you for supporting us as always and we'll see you on Thursday night. See, see you live on Thursday night.